Welcome to the Good Reading Magazine podcast. Good Reading is a monthly magazine dedicated to books and reading and aims to help readers discover their next favourite book. You can find out more about the books discussed on today's podcast at goodreadingmagazine.com.au. Roz Ben-Moshe is an internationally recognised laughter, wellness and positivity expert and a global laughter ambassador. She is the author of Laughing at Cancer, How to Heal with Love, Laughter and Mindfulness. I'm joined by Roz Ben-Moshe to talk about her new book, The Laughter Effect, How to Build Joy, Resilience and Positivity in Your Life. Roz Ben-Moshe, welcome to the Good Reading Podcast. Thank you for having me, Greg. Now, Roz, you were diagnosed with bowel cancer at the age of 42. There's nothing funny about that, is there? No, there's nothing funny about a cancer diagnosis. However, at the time, I was already a laughter yoga facilitator, and I was really good at um, preaching about laughter being the best medicine. And what the bowel cancer taught me was that I actually needed to imbibe what I was telling other people and that after any form of abdominal surgery, it's actually physically impossible to laugh. So that um, encouraged me to really deepen my inquiry into the laughter effect sort of rippling out into other things like smiling or, uh, you know, embodying joy in other ways. And you might be wondering what laughter yoga is all about. Well, it is simulated laughter exercises together with deep breathing and clapping with chanting ho, ho, ha, ha, ha. And gee, you're probably thinking that sounds a bit weird, but the reality is is that laughter is so contagious that it doesn't actually mind where it has started. So even if it's with a simulated laugh, It cues the feeling body to laugh and release those feel-good hormones. And why it is particularly uh, a great skill is that there are so many moments in our life, three days prior to bowel cancer surgery for one, that we don't feel like laughing. We don't have, you know, that people around us, you know, to make us laugh or we're just not in a laughing frame of mind. So laughter yoga actually takes out the humour and works with laughter in its natural state. So let's talk about that natural state. And I think you write about it as being a mindset, the laughter mindset. A laughter mindset is about not leaving laughter or those feel-good positive emotions to chance. So it is intentionally choosing to, uh, for for example, you know, spend time with people that that make us feel good, that might encourage laughter. It is tuning into comedy, for example, instead of perhaps having the news blaring, you know, 24-7. It is laughing out loud rather than keeping it to ourselves. It is sharing smiles wherever we go. It's about growing the, the the goodness that we have within, but using laughter and smiling um, as, a, as a trigger to really activate a laughter mindset. And what that actually does is it actually enhances and strengthens the neural pathways to laughing out loud, to smiling more often, to choosing the, you know, people or scenarios that make us feel good, you know, to try and spend time with them, you know, more often. Uh, So it actually changes our brain. So on that very topic, 
Let's talk about the science behind laughing or laughter. What happens to our bodies in the act of laughing? Well, it's it's a whole, I suppose it's it's both a mind-body experience or or when it comes to laughter yoga, body-mind, because you know, the laughter actually starts, you know, in the body and not in not in the mind. So hmm, where to begin, Greg? Uh, so laughter itself is a very aerobic activity. Uh, I don't suppose you would have ever laughed without breathing? No, not that I can recall. No. Okay, so <laughs> I've yet to meet someone who can. So the more we laugh, the more we breathe. And we all know how important aerobic exercise is. So laughter is actually a form of gentle aerobic exercise. Um, it helps reduce our stress level. Uh, so some of the research that I've been involved in, whether that's for uh, patients receiving dialysis or in aged care, we've actually measured what happens in people's bodies and we've found that similar to exercise, blood pressure might initially go up, but then it comes right down. Heart rate, um, you, know, you know, you get a bit of a workout. And one of the most important immediate effects of a good laughter workout is the fact that it decreases stress. It's one of the best stress busters. The interesting thing about what happens in our brain is, is that research has shown that when we laugh, similar to meditation, both hemispheres of our brain are stimulated with gamma waves are actually released in both hemispheres. So that sort of anchors us into the present moment. Um, but it's a very present joyful moment as opposed to just a Zen moment. So basically, laughter gives us our dose of well-being. And when I say dose, I mean dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. So we really get that sort of hit, you know, it's like, yes, I've laughed, my body feels great. And, and serotonin is one of the main ingredients of antidepressants. And oxytocin happens when we connect with people. And, you know, especially laughter is a very social activity. So our oxytocin levels go up. And endorphins, well, they're our body's endogenous morphine. So, for example, when I was healing from the bowel cancer operations, once I could actually physically laugh, Laugh, tuning in and activating laughter or smiling actually prompted the endorphin release. And that's, as I said, our body's endogenous morphine. And it's, it's actually 30 times more powerful than the synthetic version of morphine. Laughter in our body stimulates lots of physiological responses. Does it change our perspective and our perception of who we are and and how we feel at that moment? Yes, I would actually um, argue that it expands our horizons. So laughter sort of opens us up to social interaction. It opens us up to, um, you know, being able to see situations in a different light, you know, to be able to laugh at, you know, something silly that happened rather than sort of get, you know, embroiled in that sort of stress. And the interesting thing about laughter is, is that most people think, you know, oh, I'm not that funny or I, you know, I haven't been to a comedy show in ages. But most laughter actually occurs in social situations. In fact, you're 30 times more likely to laugh in social situations than when you are solitary. And there is this thing called the punctuation effect of laughter. So that happens during conversations. It's like, <laughs> so nice to meet you, Greg. <laughs> Hardly comedy gold, right? The laughter effect is also about 
optimizing opportunities for social connection because it is in those moments of social connection when we actually laugh more than, you know, obviously if we went to see Michael McIntyre, one of my favorite comedians, perhaps, the you know, that would be different. But as a rule, uh, most laughter, as I say, occurs in social situations rather than only about 10 to 20% actually occurs because uh, of comedy or something funny was said. And that's that's evidence. And how important is laughter or laughing with children? Oh, well, again, it's role modeling. So if you can if you can laugh with a kid, you know, for example, it's a, it's about it's about teaching resilience skills. And this is all about resilience. Um, sure, it's fun and everything, but it's a great question. So say, for example, a kid um, trips over and nothing major, you know, because their shoelaces, um, you know, just happen to trip over a little twig or something. And so, you, you know, a way of responding, well, there are two ways of responding. One is, that is just so terrible. Oh my gosh, you poor thing. Or it's like, oh, that's a silly twig that tripped you up. Oh, what a naughty twig. So you're actually conveying, you know, these really important skills to enhance their resilience uh, to, to stress and to adversity. For example, in COVID, demonstrate that there is, despite all of the chaos that was going on in the world, that, that we can choose how to respond. And within a family unit, within a social unit, uh, you can, you know, choose to be able to, to, to you know, have a laugh, even amidst, you know, the very sort of serious outdoor um, environment, external environment that might be occurring. Reading the laughter effect, it made me ponder how far back we might be able to trace the idea of humour and, and of laughter. Or to put it another way, how old is the fart joke? Ha! <laughs> well, it actually goes back thousands of years. It's extraordinary. There was there was actually the first um, example of a fart joke was in uh, ancient Egypt. So we, we're talking about, you know, thousands of years old. So laughter being used to... Um, connect people, heal, uh, you know, amplify positive emotion is nothing new. Uh, and it's not just ancient Egypt. We can find examples of laughter being used in other Indigenous cultures, you know, in the Bible and, you know, all the way through uh, history. In fact, um, fun fact, uh, Queen Elizabeth I, she often used to call on the, the fool, uh, who is, you know, the, the court jester, the head of the doctor to make her feel better. So, you know, it's it's a very, very strong historical link. I've got a personal experience to relate to you. I farted a few weeks ago. I don't know how that turned up, but my brother was there and he didn't find it funny anymore. <laughs> so what can I do about that? He needs to get more in touch with his inner child, Greg. Mm. What can I say? Because farts are funny. It's a fact. They are. <laughs> Here's another fun fact science question. Do other primates demonstrate any evidence of laughing? Aristotle said we're the only one, but what did he know? Well, he knew quite a bit, but he was actually not so right in, in that regard um, because, well, firstly, we have seen evidence of primates laughing, you, you know, um, chimps and gorillas, you see, and some of the more unusual, and I'm not talking about hyenas laughing or kookaburras, <laughs> We actually have found, would you believe they have um, in a lab somewhere in California has a tickle machine for rats. And they have found that rats laugh when they're tickled. So there you go. <laughs> so it is possible. It is possible.
Do you have to be in a good mood to laugh? No, um, and that's that's the thing about the laughter effect is, is it, it actually encourages you to um, choose to bring, you know, laughter or smiling uh, even and activate that even when you're not feeling so great. Because the reality is, Greg, if we wait for, you know, though every, you know all of the stars to align and, and for us to sort of feel in a great mood to laugh, we aren't necessarily going to get many opportunities. What if I don't have a sense of humour? That's okay. It can be developed. And, you know, there's generally some form of humour that people sort of would resonate with. So fart humour, I'd suggest you start with that. (laughs) Always a good place to start. (laughs) How do I avoid fake laughter or is there no such thing? Hmm. It's a really good question because I think that that's one of the um, things that people point out about laughter yoga. They sort of say, oh, well, isn't it fake? Or, you know, it's just, you know, doesn't matter. The reality is, firstly, I'm not a fan of the word fake. And if you could see my fingers, I would be wrapping inverted commas around the word. Uh, if you choose to laugh, um, even if it starts off never necessarily feeling like the most authentic, your body cannot think. Your body can only feel. And basically, it becomes real in no time at all. Can you be too old to laugh? No. And that's the beautiful thing about, you know, the work that I've done in aged care. Laughter yoga, or as I say, these simulated laughter exercises are a very gentle aerobic workout. And so it means that people, you know, from, you know, essentially, you know, cradle to almost grave can laugh. And it's not necessarily relying on humor. Uh, so which is great for people, you know, if they've got dementia, that that ability to sort of assess whether something's funny or not tends to diminish. What is a Duchenne smile and what does it signify? A Duchenne smile is one of the, it is the most authentic smile. It's when your eyes smile, your mouth smiles, your cheeks smile. So it means that, for example, when we were wearing our face masks, um, it meant that if someone actually wore a Duchenne smile, you'd be able to see the smile rise above the cloth of the face mask. That's the smile in the eyes. Yes, or smiles, as was coined. More serious one, what is self-compassion and should it be regulated? Self-compassion is really an attitude with which we tend to um, bring to other people, so being kind, being caring, um, being attentive to other people. And essentially self-compassion is bringing those values to ourselves, so being kind to ourselves, acknowledging that we all mess up from time to time. Um, and nobody is perfect, um, even 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 me, you know. <laughs> so a laughter expert, yeah, even the laughter expert. So yes, yeah, so it's it's um it's 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 not that it should be regulated, but it should definitely be encouraged and nurtured. My final question really is about putting all of this into practice. Um, how might I do that? How might I put the laughter effect into practice? Where do I start? Good question. Essentially, the laughter effect encompasses many aspects of self-care, really. So um, so we've sort of discussed a little bit about, um, you know, laughter yoga, um, you know, intentional laughter exercises. Uh, there are ways in which we can hone our humour muscle so we can actually start to find the funny in everyday situations. And that can be things like, you know, practising a, I don't know, a limerick or brushing up on our jokes or compiling a humour journal. Then there are ways in which the laughter effect can really add another dimension to self-care, such as gratitude. So 
thinking about the things that, you know, we are grateful for, but rather than um, just sort of letting them, you know, come in and out of our mind, bring a smile to our face when we think of those things or people and really deepen that association. Um, Self-compassion. So again, it's about, you know, self-compassion with a smile. It's like when we are really wanting to be kind to ourselves, you know, symbolize that with, you know, a heartfelt smile or, or place, you know, your hands over your heart space. Uh, it can be things like journaling. Um, most people use journaling sort of, you know, as a refuse for all of that negative stuff. But I encourage people to, you know, sometimes have the intention of positivity, you know, to journal. So, uh, you know, journaling with intent, with positive intent. So journaling to bring out, you know, what you're grateful for. Uh, journaling to, you know, bring out the humour. Bring out, you know, perhaps, you know, moments where you can think about something that was really challenging and perhaps consider whether there may be now down the track an opportunity to sort of see some levity, some perhaps, you know, outcome that, you know, was was possibly even fun or funny or, you know, a new connection that was made. So really it is a holistic humour and non-humour-based skill set that can be um, applied to many aspects of our life. And the, the, the you know, the end goal is really to optimise positive well-being. Well, Roz, I suppose this chat was never going to be anything but fun, and it was. <laughs> and I want to thank you for joining me on the Good Reading Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It was a delight. I've been talking to Roz Ben-Moshe about her latest book, a Laughter Effect, How to Build Joy, Resilience and Positivity in Your Life. It's published by Nero and you can find it at goodreadingmagazine.com.au. My name's Greg Dobbs and thanks for listening. Subscribe to Good Reading Print and Online Magazine at goodreadingmagazine.com.au.